1: Okay,
0: we're all in take five. Hook 'em up with E and Rod P. <laughs> Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn.
2: Oh, man, it is time to get rolling on a Tuesday. Rangers are on to the World Series. Astros, time to make some changes. But uh, Rangers will face either the Phillies or the Diamondbacks in the Fall Classic starting Friday in Arlington. We'll find out the uh, opponent tonight in a decisive Game 7. Pretty cool. Uh, two Game 7s. Two Game 7s, seven. yeah. But, uh, How often this, does that
1: happen?
2: Now, this one, there was no drama. The Rangers took the drama out of this one. Yeah, it was ugly. I would also argue Dusty Baker took some of the drama out because the Astros did get back to it in 4-2, and it felt like they were in the ballgame after the terrible first inning for Christian Javier. But then going to J.P. France, I just don't get that. Uh, I love J.P., what he did for the Astros this year, but he had not pitched at all. He just hadn't been out there. I would have, The fact that Jose Architi came in later was like, well, why didn't you go to Urquidy? He just yeah. pitched. At least he's been in the postseason, and this is a rookie who hadn't pitched at all. Um, and he was just n- not good. And then Dusty left him, and you, if you're going to go with them, but somebody who had not pitched like J.P. Rod, you've got to have somebody else up kind just, in case. Yeah, just quick, in case, just in case. Somebody said, Dusty Baker, man, it's like it, there was a nine-game series. It kind of felt like it at times. There was a point where it was still a ball game where Martin Maldonado was up with two aboard, and he didn't get pinch hit for with Yiner Diaz. Like, what are we doing? Um, yeah, Dusty, this is it, brother. This is it. This is the last end of the road. It's the deal between him and
1: Bochi and why Bochi's a big game manager. Yeah. 13th managerial win in a postseason game when facing elimination. That's two more than any other manager in history. And, yeah, also undefeated 6-0 and in most winner-take-all wins as a manager. He he was one of the differences. They had a lot of factors that made the well, difference, but Bochy was a big factor in that, man.
2: Well, if you're Dusty Baker and you're trailing in a game and you get two aboard with nobody out, you can't let a 180 hitter bat. I mean, you just can't. And you have a, a guy in in Yiner Diaz who's a much better hitter who plays his same position. And you got to go. You got to pinch hit right yeah, there. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. I mean, it's egregious not to. Um, and let you know, Martin Maldonado. Fortunately, he didn't ground him into a double play. Uh, but we, I think every Astro fan knows the value of Martin Maldonado to the to the team, to the ball club, to the pitching staff. But in that moment, I mean, it's. Yeah. malfeasance not to pinch hit, but, uh, and I didn't like the J.P. France move at all, but I think he put J.P. in a tough spot against that Red Hot Ranger lineup. But in the end, it was about the Rangers. They uh, did their business, made the adjustment they needed to make on uh, on uh, Christian Javier because credit to the Rangers, because Christian Javier has been outstanding in the postseason, and the Rangers just battered him. Uh, you know, Getting to that high fastball, getting on top of that high fastball, it just shows you just the great hitters the Rangers have in that lineup, that if they've seen you a second time, that's why the Phillies will have a hard time, obviously, or the Diamondbacks whoever gets there, because this Ranger team in a long series is going to be tough. They just have so many professional hitters that are going to make adjustments, and you know you're not going to get them. Um, they're a historically great offense. Yep. I mean, I mean historically. Uh, most double-digit run games, the most uh, crooked number innings, the most, uh, one of the highest-scoring teams in, in baseball. I mean, the Atlanta Braves were the same right over in the National League, but you know, they didn't get past the Phillies. So props to the Rangers that uh, they are here and just a great, great clubhouse. Let's get uh, the headlines, those top stories you'll hear from Bruce Bochy in here as the Rangers are on to the World Series now. Top Gun Rentals and Law Equipment bringing you the top stories. And, yeah, only uh, two years after a 102-loss season, the Texas Rangers are headed to their first World Series since 2011. They clinch it, and they did it decisively. A demolition of the Astros 11-4 in Game 7 at Minute Maid Park last night. The road team won every game in this series. Uh, The series MVP is Adoles Garcia. Fifteen RBIs in the seven games. That's a record. He and Corey Corey Seager last night combined uh, to crushed the Strohs. Had seven hits, six RBIs combined. Rangers get the win. It's their first, as we said, uh, the franchise's third trip to the World Series and another trip for their first year manager, Bruce Bochy. This team faced a lot of adversity to get to this point.
0: Everything was a fight to get here. How did you see this team come together and evolve to get to the World Series?
2: I tell you what, leaving spring training, I had a great feeling about these guys. Such a close-knit group and even Gill, they didn't get too up, too down, and they kept getting up, kept getting up, and that's what makes a good ball club. Came in here against the odds to do this against a great
0: ball club. It's unbelievable. After going down and losing three at home, what was the
2: conversation in the clubhouse to come back here and steal two in Houston?
0: Well, we, we knew what we had
2: to do. and we We've done it. We knew we could do it again, uh, one-two here. So there's a good feeling with this ball club. They, Like I said, they, they don't get down. They came out, and what a job they did. The Texas football quarterback Quinn yours considered week to week now according to head coach Steve Sarkeesian after the redshirt freshman suffered that right shoulder injury at Houston on Saturday coach Sark confirmed the status of his weekly Monday news conference yesterday and said now is the time to get the backups ready for Saturday and maybe beyond
3: we'll go through the week and, and Arch and uh, Malik will both get a ton of reps uh, I, if the game was being played today Malik would start the game um, and, and again. Arch will be ready to go. And like I said before, I've had a ton of confidence in Arch. You know, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I mean, he had a fantastic practice. Um, and so I'm really encouraged by that. You know, I think Coach Milwy's done a great job with, with both those guys. Um, and so we're fortunate, you know. And not, not every school uh, is as fortunate as we are to, to have the quarterback room that we have and the connectivity that that room has.
2: 7th-ranked Longhorns prepare to host BYU in the first of back-to-back home games at DKR. Coach Sark also confirmed yesterday that sophomore defensive end Ethan Burke and starting safety Jalen Catalan are considered week-to-week as well with knee injuries. One other development yesterday on the 40 where the redshirt freshman defensive end Chris Ross is no longer with the program. The 6'2", 265-pounder is no longer listed on the official Texas roster. He is not officially entered the NCAA transfer portal either. The consensus four-star prospect in the 2020 recruiting, 2022 recruiting class was out of Galena Park North Shore. Surprise, surprise on Monday Night Football to wrap up week seven in the NFL. Homestanding Vikings built an early lead and held on to upset the 49ers 22-17. Kirk Cousins hit the rookie. Jordan Addison on a pair of first half touchdowns and then two Brock Purdy interceptions in the fourth quarter stall drives the Vikings improved to three and four Niners fall to five and two
0: Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun runners and Lawn equipment Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup but nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero turn mowers this month at Top Gun TopGun.net we'll shoot you straight
1: can I give you a stat about the uh, 49ers really quickly though yes please it's a it's a mind-blowing stat, too, about my man Shano. It, and it's actually kind of an indictment. It floats around the 49ers fan uh, sites, and I obviously follow the 49ers a, lo- uh, a lot. And the 49ers now 0-36 under Shano when trailing by eight-plus points in the fourth quarter in regular season or the playoffs at oh, any point. Oh and what 0-36 under Shano when trailing by at least eight points or more in the fourth quarter at any point in the regular season or the playoffs. Think about that. They lost 37 straight in that scenario, but 0-36 on the channel. Only the Panthers have a longer such streak. Uh, they, are, they, they, they play better with a lead. This is when you when – this this, the, the indictment is not really about channel, but it is. When you have these quarterbacks who are – Nothing wrong with them. They're kind of glorified game managers when you need them to go win you a game in the fourth quarter because sometimes the scheme and the game plan just ain't enough. I need a guy that's going to go make a damn play out there. That's what that's what elite level quarterbacks can do. They can operate and uplift the scheme and sometimes ultimately hide flaws within the scheme, say something that your coach can't really adjust to. They can just find a way to go win your game out there and go make plays, be the ultimate cheat code. The 49ers haven't had a quarterback like that. They tried to get one. That was a Trey Lance experiment. It didn't work out for them. They got Brock Purdy. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy's not a good quarterback, but he ain't that.
2: Not yet, no. Uh, not yet, no. yet. Exactly. or something like that. But, yeah, that's yeah, an unbelievably – um, revealing stat to everything you just said. It's kind of been the indictment on Dak Prescott, right? The ability yes. to go win, a, especially yes. in the playoffs. He's done it during the regular season at times, but um, you know, it's it's still you know, they, they like to play from the front. I think every team does, but you got to have that quarterback that can bring you from behind. Uh, very, very interesting, uh, right there. And boy, the the Jordan Addison. You know, the the Vikings not only are or a two and four team going into last night. They also were playing without Justin Jefferson, best receiver in the league. He's out with yeah. that hamstring. And Jordan Addison stepped up. That, entered, that you know, it was 10-7 going into the half. And he, that uh, ball, I don't know that I've ever seen a ball that I thought was going to be more intercepted that turned into a touchdown than that one. Uh, the corner <laughs> undercut it. Yeah, it looked like he had it. And all of a sudden, Jordan Addison comes out the backside with the ball and sprints to the end. So hey. I was like, what? how yeah. did that happen? That was unbelievable. But that was a huge play to go up 17-7 and make the 49ers mm-hmm. chase. Uh, to your point about Shannon, he dialed up a great play to get Christian McCaffrey a touchdown. A, little, a quick little screen pass. Oh, yeah, it was nice. That was a nice designed play. And, uh, uh, you know, McCaffrey was almost untouched down the right side. But then, as you said, they needed one more drive. It was a one-score game and twice uh, the Birdie. interceptions. Yeah. Bertie tried to force balls in. and got picked off. And that's how that game ended. That's a yeah. surprise. That's back-to-back losses now after a 5-0 start. Losses to the Browns and the Vikings, both on the road. I wouldn't uh, – you know, throw away the Niners. They're still very good and when healthy, but they got to be exactly. And, they got to uh, be healthy. Debo didn't play last night. Debo
1: didn't play. So that's uh, that, the four Niners. They, they 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 have a certain model and a certain way they like to win. This is why Sark, you know, we'll play the audio actually at one point where he talks about. He starts off the uh, media availability saying, "I like this team because we can win a lot of different ways." Um, and the 49 Niners are a great team, no question. But they can't they can't win a lot of different ways. they, they have a way they win and the way they need to win. Kind of What the Eagles are doing now is actually showing you they can win a lot of different ways. They win a lot of ugly games. Sometimes it's defense. Sometimes it's with the running games. Sometimes it's with the passing game. You do have to figure out a lot of different ways to win because you're not always going to be able to win your in your ideal fashion. Just, it just don't work like that. And the 49ers are kind of the ideal example of it.
2: Well, I will uh, mention this, that the – can I give you a stat on the Rangers-Astros real quick? Yeah, give me That falls in line. And if you're thinking this has been a weird season for the Rangers, you're right. I mean, that's really the – Oh, man. And, and there's a reason Ty Henderson, our producer, who's now basking in the glow of the winning bet and his Rangers. But remember, he and, Rangers, he and a lot of Ranger fans <laughs> gave up. And, and why not? How about this, Rod? And I give yeah. credit to C.J. Nikowski on Twitter. He is the Rangers color man on TV. Yeah. Okay. And he's a former pitcher, but he's the one that put these numbers together. Remember back on September the 8th, the Rangers had just completed a 4-16 20-game stretch.
1: Yeah, I remember when they was, at, that was a, down. They were at they, the lowest point. I remember
2: they had fallen all the way to third place yeah, exactly. in the division. And it was like, oh, my gosh, they're collapsing. And, and Ty, that's when Ty was like, all right, football season's here. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Adolis Garcia was headed to the IL. Josh Young was already on the injured list. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Evaldi has, was coming off the injured list but didn't look right. Uh, and they just looked – the shot – how about in those 20 games, Rod, where they fell into third place? Their bullpen posted a 692 ERA, almost 7 ERA in a 20-game period. Uh, their, wow. And their their team batting average was 232 in those 20 games. I mean, it was a collapse that they That's were having. Crazy. This is where you give Bruce Bochy a lot of credit. Then yep. this is why you just heard him say they didn't uh, get too high or too low since that day, September the 8th. And by the way, that, that was – that September the 8th date – was emphasized by the Astros going into Arlington and winning three games by a score of 40-10 to 10 or whatever it was. It was just a crush. And it looked like, okay, uh, Rangers are going to fade. Astros will go win this thing. Well, we know that didn't happen. And since that point, uh, the Rangers have gone 23-11 and 11 while taking out Tampa, Baltimore, and the Astros. Uh, they've wow. gotten their bullpen together. Uh, that's an amazing turnaround. Because it is. not a lot of teams would have done that. And this is where you talk about uh, baseball character, um, baseball – Basically, this is how sometimes how baseball goes. You've got to be able to battle the good with the bad mm-hmm. and the the streaks. That's individually because every player is going to go through hot streaks and then slumps, uh, and all you know, all teams will. And uh, you know I, the the good fortune for the Rangers is they figured their their s out and got it right, and the Astros couldn't figure out their home home field problems. You know if the Astros could have figured out how to win a game or two oh, at home, going to World Series, they'd have been going to the World Series. That's it's how so close the margins yeah. were. But uh, full props to the Rangers uh, for, for knocking out 200-win uh, teams, essentially, without home field advantage, and then knocking out the champs and the team that's really dominated the American League for the last six years or seven years. That was really impressive. So huge props to the Rangers and, and Bruce Bochy. That's pretty awesome. because we, they are, could have, we are they the could
0: king have, of Texas now. Is official. Well, for, oh, for this year, for this year, That's yeah. now a rivalry officially
2: because yeah. there there wasn't a rivalry before this uh tie. It was being dominated by one team in Texas. It's now very true. It's now a competition, and it was very close this year, uh, down to game seven. And uh, you know, game on.
1: But it could end up being if the Rangers. It's, it's actually Rangers game, over, game over
2: though. No, it's game on.
1: <laughs> it's game on. Right? No, if the Rangers win the World Series, like I said, I'm rooting for them because I'm rooting for the state. So I root for them. It's great content for us too. We got a lot of Rangers fans uh, that listen to the show. Um, and we
2: carry the Rangers games on and the we radio. We carry the Rangers games. Yeah, <laughs> a lot
1: of reasons for, 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 for the Rangers. Um, but I, I can't think of a, a, a great rivalry in sports um, that had back to back champions in the rivalry. That would be rare. Yeah. I'm but, sure you've had like oh, a five, five year window, that kind of thing. We're talking about any, I'm talking about every sport. Well, any I'm sport. trying to think. Did the Yankees True, and Red Sox do it? They had to have done it at one point. Michigan, Ohio State probably did it. At one uh, point, I don't know. You know what I mean? am talking about in the back. The it probably has happened a few times. But- Alabama Auburn
2: did it, didn't they? Oh, damn! You could. You might be right about that. Years I'm pretty troubles. sure Alabama won it. I'm, I'm, when the when Alabama won it because Cam Newton with Tam and 2000- then Cam Newton was the yeah, next year, wasn't
1: it? You, you bet, uh, Yeah, you're right. You, I think you're righty. E. Damn, think that you're was, right.
2: I think that was back to back. That was a good one. Yeah, you're yeah. right about that. And I and yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure the Yankees and Red Sox did it. They definitely probably, but this is what this rivalry now becomes. This becomes Yankees Red Sox.
1: If you, yeah, if you can, if you and, accept, and, take and, care of business, is that
2: and that's a century old light yeah. rivalry uh, that goes back to Babe Ruth being traded from the Red Sox to the Yankees. I mean, that's a hundred years and hundred twenty years ago. But uh, this one hasn't been allowed to be a rivalry because they were in different leagues. Um, you know, they had the interleague battles that they would have, but now 10 years into the league, into the American League for the Astros, and in the same division, uh, when the Astros first got into the American League, they were terrible. Then they built, and as they got really good, the Rangers fell off and became a pretty bad team, including two years ago, they lost 102 ball games. So now, moving forward to Ty's point, and he has a right to brag this morning, but they're the king of Texas for today, but it's game on, moving forward, because the Astros aren't going away. No. The Astros aren't going to pack, pack up their tent and go. They're still going to have Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker and, uh, you know, a pretty loaded team that they're going to probably have a new manager at the helm of next year. Looks like Dusty Baker is going to retire and they'll have new leadership there and make some moves. But that's what's great. I mean, to me, I'm rooting for the Rangers now to go beat the Phillies and bring back to back championships to Texas. And then it's then it's rivalry on. Then
1: it's on. Exactly. This is this is what what happened to the Texas Texas A&M rivalry. It is right because. You got to the point in that rivalry where it was kind of one-sided where you know Texas had more to, to lose than to gain in that rivalry. The Texas Texas Oklahoma rivalry, hell, when I was at Texas in its modern heyday, I mean, the winner of that game was already in the national championship conversation from like 2000 to like I don't know 2008, 2009 somewhere around there. Um and that's where you want the rivalry to be, honestly. And to me, that's where they this rivalry can separate with Texas and with you know Houston because Texas X and M they the rivalries and what 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 fuels that rivalry is in state thing of course but also they've never been good at the same time yeah there's only one time in the history of those programs 118 whatever years they've been playing um that they both had double digit win seasons in the same season. Um, and I don't, I don't. I'm not saying Texas and uh, Houston are like that, but at least in the modern era, as you pointed out, e, they've 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 traded being good, um, and now you got both of them being good at the same time. That's going to take this thing to a whole nother level. Oh no
2: question, because now if you're Houston, your entire off season's about beating the Rangers. Yes, it's like <laughs> Texas,
1: Oklahoma. It's yeah, like no, nah, no, nah, yeah. we're in an arms race now. It's yeah, your entire
2: off is <laughs> yeah. about hiring the right manager. Yep. Uh, to match wits with Bruce, Bruce Bochy, it's, it's about, you know, making the right changes. Because, yeah, I mean, they're they're the, go- the team going to the World Series to represent the American League. You want to be that team next year, and you know you're going to have to go through that team in addition to the Yankees and, you know, the other teams in the AL. But uh, it is now your biggest rival that uh, you've got to go get. Because the only time that they've been both even good together was, gosh, 2015, 2016, I think. Uh, and that's it. So it's a very limited sample size, and it's just the way the – you no know, well, think about it. We, we gave you the stat going into the series that for a seven year period, the Rangers dominated when the Astros yeah. came into the American League, and then for the next seven years, it was the Astros that dominated. And really, when they opened up this series, if you combine the, 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 the 14-year period, they were 106 and 106. yeah It' it's just been wild. completely dominated. Both yeah. teams had a 40 game over 500 span against the other, but now they're what well 110 and 109. Uh, after a seven-game series, so that is truly rivalry on. And uh, again, that's that's awesome. That's great for this sport. And it, it is. is like when Texas and Oklahoma are both really good. And we saw that through the Mac Brown and Bob Stoops battle, I think we'll see it now with Steve Sarkeesian and, and Brett Venables. Yep. Uh, that's fun, and that's what it's really about. I agree. Uh, and and I will root for the Rangers now uh, into this postseason. And uh, props to to El, El Bombe. Uh, with his unbelievable performance. He's become the arch nemesis of every Astro, uh, but he was unbelievable. Astros, not only could the Astros not get him out, they couldn't keep him in the yard. Uh, him in the yard. Unbelievable. 15 RBIs in a seven-game series. That's he was wild. unreal. Corey Seager came alive last night, and, uh, and just the, the clutch players for the Rangers up and down that order. And, gosh, how about the emergent? You want to talk about a, a wild card? Is Evan Carter. Who is this 21-year-old kid? Who's just burst on the scene and that's plays it. like he's thirty-one?
1: That was an amazing pick by the Rangers. His there.
2: bat, his play discipline, his defense, his just—he's twenty-one, right? Next I mean, level. Yep.
0: He's just like future he, is bright.
2: Who is this dude? Uh, he just acts like he's been here forever, and he's you know. Even they did a post-game interview with him, and they said, "Were you nervous for Game seven? He's like, "No, this is baseball, <laughs> man. We're just, we're just playing ball.
1: No, this is fun." Well, that's how confident he is. Yeah, he's just like, no, set. this
2: is this is fun. Yep. A guy Which like that, not even rattled. Maybe by the even pressure too of the young players. to realize, or, you know, he's just playing ball. Still, he that, started the season like a double A, and now here he is playing as a pivotal role in the in the World Series. That's pretty awesome. That's that's the good stuff. And right he didn't there. even play right, college so, ball.
0: And like th- these games, these crowds. This is like by far the biggest. Hey, he's the from crowd a small town in Tennessee. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
2: That is wild. Speaking man. of that, we will tell you. We got five hours each morning. We'll be at the halfway point coming up at the bottom of this break. Uh, but we'll tell you the story about the young quarterback of the Chicago Bears, Tyler Bajit. The Bears. How about that story? That's a great this, story. We'll, we'll walk you through that coming up. That's pretty cool. If you're rooting for an underdog, that one is certainly there. Um, uh, that's cool, too. For also, we'll get to behind, behind the Burn orange curtain. Rod will guide us through some Steve Sarkeesian audio. Coming back from the press conference yesterday, more inf- information and clarity on the Quinn Ewers situation and what it means. Rod's also done the deep dive on the secondary and their issues. For the end of the hour, go off the record. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Happy Tuesday. all the contributions on the text line. There are a ton of them. We were talking about rivals who went back-to-back. How about uh, San Francisco and Dallas, 94-95? Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah,
0: Dion.
1: That's Dion made, was De- the linchpin. And made Jerry, Haley. Made Jerry Jones cry. He cried after that, and then he paid Dion an unprecedented amount, pre- unprecedented amount of money. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a really good one. That one actually changed. The whole face of, of, of honestly of the NFL
2: led to free agency. Yeah, led to the salary fl- cap. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot going on there. Yeah, <laughs> you can do a 30, 30, 30 for thirty on that one.
2: Lakers, Boston. One. They've done many a documentary and uh, thirty for thirty on the Lakers and Boston. That's and the probably A's the greatest
1: greatest example of what we're talking about is that's the Lakers Celtics.
2: Yeah, and for for it was so much fun in the early two thousands when the Red Sox and Yankees did it. Because it has been so such a long time coming. Kind of like Rangers-Astros. It just mm-hmm. took a long time to, to develop. Uh, this is 92 Duke, 93 North Carolina. Oh, that's good. That's pretty good. I that's like a that good a lot. One. Yeah, that's sexy. I like that. That's a good point. Also, so, uh, yeah, somebody said Redskins-Cowboys. Back when the Redskins and Redskins. That was the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That in, Was it at the NFC East back then? I mean, they were I mean, between the Giants. I bet that time between the Giants, the Washington uh, NFL team, and the Cowboys during that time, I mean, that was a pretty salty division. Yeah,
2: and that's before free agency and the cap, which meant you could keep dynasties yeah. together. That's true. Uh, that was an easy. One. You keep, yeah, yeah. You're I mean, right. this, the, the 70s Steelers <laughs> has locked them up for the, mm-hmm. for the whole decade. No, that's fair. That's um, good Mississippi State Old Miss and College World Series. There's some deep dive. Oh, there you baseball. go. Nice. I like nice. that a lot.
1: I like that. Good yeah.
2: stuff. It's, it is good. All right, so we're talking about rivalries. The Astros and Rangers certainly are one, and the Rangers are on top of it right now. They won the one, uh, the, the, the most important game last night, Game 7, 11-4. Mm-hmm. They're on to the World Series, host the Phillies starting on Friday night in a seven-game series. The fall classic is coming. Longhorns trying to uh, figure out their quarterback issues. We'll dive in behind the uh, the BOC coming up off the record before the end of this hour. Also talking some, uh, some football. Yes, sir. Uh, what is your current – Rod, before we go behind the BOC, your current uh, – Hierarchy of the NFC. Uh, Honestly, the Eagles at six and one.
1: Eagles are at the top, but the Eagles are shaky. You know that's why they made the, the Byron move because they knew they had a weakness that they couldn't be exposed. And it's that secondary. We talked about their pass defense going into the game versus Miami. I was a little concerned about it. Uh, Miami wasn't able to exploit it as much as I thought they would be able to. So, man, Philadelphia's at the top, but that's a shaky top. I really like Detroit, but then Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. Uh, put it on them, I mean, that's not honestly. That's that shouldn't be an indictment on Detroit in the NFC because you brought up stats yesterday that shows you when Lamar Jackson, you know, plays teams from the NFC who haven't seen him yes. as much and don't have familiarity. It is, it is, it is shocking. All right, to a defense they have to deal with that kind of speed, four three speed at quarterback. Sean McVay, I brought up the fact that he talked about it years ago, saying it took his defense like, a, and this is when the Rams were really good, <laughs> took his defense like a quarter and a half or something like that just to get acclimated to playing Lamar Jackson with that kind of speed. And he said, if you don't, ha- you don't see that in practice, which nobody has a guy like that on their practice squad, all right, if you don't have that in practice and you don't play him twice a year like they do in a division and you haven't at least seen him once so you can get guys ready, oh, man, the first time you see Lamar Jackson, it is just, like I said, it, it really you does put you in a spin cycle real fast as a defense because you just d- can't replicate that speed. And then by the time you get acc- acclimated to it, it might be too late. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, I'll play some sound for you later. Nick Sirianni said that about Tyree Kill. He said I've never seen anybody faster than Ty. I've never seen anybody like him no. on a football field until and, that. and that's the thing until you go to a I-, I always say this when you're you're a fan and you know we've been lucky to you know you played in the league. But when you actually stand on the sidelines and watch these monster people smash into each other it's Superhumans. Superhumans. Yeah. NBA too. You go courtside at an NBA game I agree. and you watch these these dudes fly, you're like, Oh my gosh.
1: Dude, I've but done the, it at Gregory Gym with the volleyball team and been like, <laughs> damn,
2: see how high she got on that?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you, man. And then,
2: I, then you see Tyree Kill alive on a football field, you're like, We got some fast dudes on our team. Yeah. We ain't got that. <laughs> no, nah, I
1: mean, like I said, you, I've covered some fast guys, and then there's there's fast guys and there's what he's doing right now. And there Randy in the Moss, so you know. and that, I mean, that dude's running away from NFL DBs that, and just running right past them like they're standing still. You got guys that are just turning their backs to him and sprinting down the field just as an attempt so that he doesn't beat them too badly yeah. when running nine rounds. It's amazing. How yeah, fast he, he is,
2: yeah. Well, then he catches you. You know, see two, I put one up, and he runs away from everybody and runs right under it. It's like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. some, that's a different gear yeah, that, that no one else has, no doubt. Uh, but as far as the hierarchy, I mean, obviously the Cowboys are in the mix, but uh, boy, I, this weekend was interesting because the Niners took another loss, Detroit took a loss, Philadelphia won, so maybe they separate. This is going to be. That's why I don't wonder what this trade deadline looks like. We talked about it last hour with the Kevin Bayard acquisition. You know, do other teams make moves here? Now, uh, this is the last week to do mm-hmm. so. You're, after November 1st, your roster is your roster, essentially. Uh, and if you can add a piece, we'll see if the Cowboys jump in that conversation. We'll see if the, uh, Can't see the Chiefs Detroit in jump in the conversation. Detroit, You've heard Detroit might Detroit. do it, too. And the other thing that happened this weekend was the Raiders took a loss, and, you know, they've got Devontae Adams, they've got Max Crosby, they've got some guys that people would covet oh. that maybe they'd be willing to part with. It looks like Tennessee has signaled that they're maybe willing to mm-hmm. deal so keep an eye there uh, alright so we'll uh, follow that in the NFL obviously on a Wednesday which will be tomorrow we'll, we'll take you up over the hump and start looking forward to some of these big games getting the Texans and Cowboys, Texan and Cowboys back at it we'll come out with the LA Rams coming to town uh, so looking forward to that but right now let's go behind the burn orange curtain talking Texas football on a Tuesday
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. Hey, Tyler, let do
0: is behind that curtain.
1: All right, let's get back to some of this uh, Steve Sarkeesian sound. He's got a bunch of it. It's all really, really good stuff. Like I said, there's a ton of it here. We've been playing it all morning. Uh, we'll get back to some of the quarterback sound here in a second. But first, speaking of quarterback, this will lead us right into the conversation because of the injury to Quinn Ewers has everybody focused on the quarterback rotation conversation, uh, and we'll, we'll play some of those cuts here in a second. But let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian talking about the injuries first. There are a lot of injuries, especially on the defense side of the ball. We'll get to the most notable Notable injury, Quinn Ewers, here in a second. But here is uh, Sark talking about the injuries overall for his Texas his Texas football team. You
3: know, from an injury standpoint, you know Quinn uh, and Ethan Burke will both be week to week at this point. You know, you never we never really know exactly how bodies respond um, to injury, um, and so we're just going to have to monitor these guys on a weekly basis. Uh, obviously, we're going to do everything in our power to get both those guys back. Um you know, sooner rather than later. Um so we'll see how that goes. And obviously Catalan's kind of in that same in that same breath. Okay. So those are the three guys there. Everybody else is uh has been really good. And
1: all right, so uh you know Sark said there are three guys basically um, that are gonna be dealing with maybe some longer term injuries and issues. Uh, and which one of those three is probably the most concerning? Obviously, the quarterback injury aside from that, which we'll get to in a second, uh, is most concerning. Yeah, maybe Ethan Burke.
2: Yeah. Because I mean,
1: remember before the season started, that was, we were all concerned. What are they going to do with the defensive end opposite Baron Sorrell? and really we hadn't had to worry about that at all since like the first the second game of the season because Ethan Burke has been so stable there and so consistent there, especially for a young player. It's been a really good run stuffer too, as well as a guy that can rush the pass when you need him to. And they're going to miss his versatility. I'm not saying he's not going to be out there. He, he, he's, he's, he fought through the injury and played through it uh, in the last game versus U of H, but he obviously is not going to be you know, 100%, and it's only going to get worse as yeah. the season goes on. Well, remember, he's he, going to play through
2: it. He played a couple games with the knee brace, and yeah. then he kind of was off of it during the bye week, and then he wasn't wearing the brace this week, and it reaggravated or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so here it is. I mean, that's that's big. I mean, Justice Finkley can play the edge and play that uh, that, yeah. that linebacker spot or that defensive end spot.
1: They got Jamon um, Tap now. Jamon Tap is there a bit more.
2: And this is where the Chris Wa- Chris Ross departures is odd. It's like well, he was playing defensive end too, and now he's not mm-hmm. on the roster. That's kind of weird. That's weird. Uh, we'll maybe get hope, some more clarity. Hope everything's okay with him. Yeah, yeah, you do for sure. Uh, but so yeah, I mean that's that's big. But obviously quarterback and, and I still yes, so, I good. still think Jalen Catalan, They and they, we just you know he was such a nice acquisition through the transfer portal to help stabilize that secondary and uh, you know they they're they're to me their biggest problem in the safety position. Rod, and you keep walking us through it is the communication. Just feels like they're not in the same they're not on the same page. And that's something you feel like Jalen Catalan could help with, and he's not out there. He's kind of the quarterback of that back end. And uh, I loved your idea last hour about Jade Barron maybe sliding over and playing safety, true safety, uh, in passing situations, just to, to make sure you've got some, some guys back there that know exactly where to be yeah, uh, and fit the, fit the, the scheme. And uh, I'm all for that. But um, – uh, Catalon's big, so they're all they're all pretty significant.
1: Yeah, Catalan's big. I, I agree with you on that, and they just need and Ryan Watts too. I mean, they need veterans back, but Ryan Watts is expected actually to be back with the, uh, with the team this week. Okay, so let's hear from Sark talking about Malik and Malik Murphy and also Archman, and we know Quinn's got the injury. Uh, so here is uh, Sark talking about what Malik Murphy brings to the table offensively with his skill set.
3: Well, he's a definitely Malik's a natural passer. When you, when you when he throws the ball, he throws a very beautiful beautiful ball. Um, and I think there's not a throw that that he can't make. Um, you know, I think he's got really good leadership qualities. Uh, I think the guys, you know, like playing with Malik, and that's a positive as a quarterback. You know, uh, inevitably, you know, as a quarterback, you're only as good as the guys around you, and and those guys, when guys play good around you, that makes your job a lot easier. And I think that that's extremely helpful. And I think the third piece is his understanding of what we're doing. He's got a great feel for the game. Uh, he's got a good feel for passing the ball. He can make all the throws, but I think he understands what we do and why we do, um, and that, that's, a, that's another added bonus.
1: Uh, so Sark really complimentary of his young quarterback. Only eight attempts so far in his uh, young career. Um, when he was also asked about getting Arch ready to go, Malik and Arch, because now Arch is officially your backup quarterback with Quinn Ewers being out. Uh, here's Sark talking about getting both QBs ready to go. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the week, and and Arch
3: and uh, Malik will both get a ton of reps. Let's, uh, uh, let's I, if the game it. was being played today, Malik would start the game. Um, and, and again, Arch will be ready to go. And like I said before, I've had a ton of confidence in Arch. You know, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I mean, he had a fantastic practice. Um, and so I'm really encouraged by that. You know, I think Coach Millie's done a great job with, with both those guys. Um, and so we're fortunate, you know, and not, not every school – uh, is as fortunate as we are to, to have the quarterback room that we have and the connectivity that that room has. Um, I think a lot can be said for Quinn and his leadership in that room. I think a lot can be said for, for Charles Wright and his experience and knowledge base of our scheme and the dialogue that those guys have in that room. I think they're always trying to lift each other up and, and help one another. So uh, hopefully we can, we can reap the benefits of that uh, this week.
1: Yeah, speaking of the dialogue in that room, Sark went into some detail about uh, the conversations he has with the backup quarterbacks who will now become his starting quarterbacks. Uh, here's a very interesting cut. Here's Steve Sarkisian.
3: No, that that's a, that's a weekly dialogue. Um, so with us, you know, when we when we put together a game plan, there's constant dialogue throughout the week with the quarterbacks and how we're reading it and what, how how we want to do it. Um, and then we try, to, we try to devise the reps in practice so that guys are getting reps of, of specific plays and things. And then on Friday night, every Friday night before every game, myself, Coach Mill, we, we sit with all the quarterbacks and, and we walk through the call sheet and we'll ask them their favorite plays in this situation, that situation. And so we kind of have a, a, a running log of the plays that they mark that they like, right? And so – you know, seven weeks into the season, I've, I've got seven straight weeks of information from Malik of the plays that he feels comfortable with. And so now as we start to devise a plan, um, I don't always necessarily have to wait till Friday to ask him what he wants because the majority of the things that are in this plan, I already know he feels really comfortable
1: with. Man, that makes me feel a whole lot more confident and optimistic about the backup quarterbacks now thrust into this role and what they can do within the offense because Sark pretty much acts like now he already knows how to build and construct this offensive game plan around plays they like but plays they're good at.
2: Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, that's, that's you know, A.J. Milwee and Steve Sarkeesian, former quarterback. So, you know, you're just talking quarterback, you're talking ball, right? And you, but you make mental notes. And as you, like, take your meticulous notes over there, Rod, taking notes on uh, plays and, and formations that kind of speak to Malik. And uh, Sark also said yesterday, you know, you know we, we're not going to call the plays we want to call. We we're going we're to build a game plan around what they like to do and what they're good at. Uh, that would be silly for us to you know, try to fit a square peg in a round hole. The, this game plan is going to be built around Malik Murphy's strengths mm-hmm. and the plays and the packages and the formations he likes to, to run, and that goes to that seven weeks of conversation they've been having, um, this talk on football. So uh, you know, that's going to be the challenge, and you got to then match that up with BYU and their strengths and weaknesses. and you know, you, you know, I'll be real interested to see do the, do the teams continue to try to take the big play away from Texas or as you said earlier, maybe they challenge Malik Murphy a little more and try to take away the run game, load the box a little bit and uh, don't let C.J. Baxter and Jonathan Brooks get yeah. going and see if he can indeed make some throws down the field. Uh, really interesting chess match coming. But I think Sark said it there pretty well. You know, they've got a pretty talented quarterback room. Uh, there have been times at Texas where maybe Longhorns didn't have a single quarterback as good as the three they have now. I mean, in the last 10 years, right, there have been, you you know, there were quarterback rooms that didn't have any of these guys. And the longest have three of them. So we get to at least see them uh, at least over this week and maybe in the next weeks as well.
1: Yeah, uh, okay, so last cut uh, before we get to the break here. Here's Sark talking about uh, building that offense around these quarterbacks and the challenges uh, that that presents.
3: Well, I mean, I I think like anything, you know, we prepare as best we can. We try to prepare our players for – uh, the multitude of things that, that that can and or should happen and, and try to put them in the best position uh, but naturally you know BYU is going to do things that that aren't on tape and um, you have to adapt at that point point. and adapting sometimes it's you know when we can get them on the sidelines and adapt we much better sometimes you have to adapt in play post snap right? The coverage is maybe different than they've been playing. The, the pressure is a little different. Uh, the matchups are different, and so that that ability to adapt and not just rely on practice as much as I love practice and practice is huge. Adaptability in game to some of the newness that comes at you, I think, is critical. Um, and then, two, I, I think one thing that that quarterbacks early on in their career um, sometimes you know, let the, let the easy things be easy, right? And and there's a plenty of things that we do that are very quarterback friendly and allowing those things to, to be easy uh, for, for a young quarterback is critical because there's going to be plenty of tough plays that they're going to have to make. And so um, I, I think that's that's probably two of the biggest challenges, right? Adaptability in, in game uh, and then two, allowing the easy things to be easy uh, are, are two big challenges for us as we go into the
1: game to make sure that we're ready for that. All right, there's uh, Steve Sarkeesian uh, talking about the quarterback situation for Texas with Quinn Ewers dealing with an injury uh, temporarily out. It looks like Malik Murphy will get the start, but Arch Manning will be ready to go.
2: I'll have a question for you about the quarterbacks, and this is not to stir a controversial quarterback controversy pot, but uh, I will play a piece of sound for you from Sark and see if there's an opening for Arch Manning. We'll talk about that. Uh, Also coming back, we go off the record. Did you know Bill Belichick signed a new lucrative contract this offseason? On the down low? On the download, On the
0: download, For all the
2: Bill Belichick talk about uh, flying off or widening off into the sunset. Doesn't look like that's happened. I'll get you details. And, Rod, Tinder has a new feature. Tinder has a new feature. Uh-oh, Ty needs to know this. I'll give you details. It's coming next <laughs> on Off the Record.
0: dd Mega doo I'm sorry,
2: mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat
3: Essen. Well, I don't get a break day in comb. Well,
2: congratulations. Continue. Good sex in the
0: sex in the Vic East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record.
2: Do it live! I can will write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! Off the record time, stories you probably haven't heard but need to. By now you've heard the Rangers are going to the World Series. The Longhorns need a backup quarterback to step up. Those are the big stories. Vikings took down the Niners, but uh, these are the stories you maybe didn't know. Did you know we talked a lot about, Rod, about the sphere? Oh, yeah. In Vegas? Mm Mm-hmm. The new event center that is unlike any other new, owns that? No. New York Knicks owner James Dolan. I did not know that. I did not know that either. Okay. New York. Man,
1: good, good, wise business investment by him.
2: He owns it. And how about this? According to Front Office Sports, he's been looking for uh, more than a year now to, to have a, a sponsor for a jersey patch for the Knicks. Oh, he's gonna do it himself. So now, yeah, he's gonna pay himself and market the spear <laughs> on the New York Knicks jerseys.
1: <sighs> oh, that's, that's, that's hey, you know what? He's a he's a great businessman. Nobody ever said he was a good Not team a very owner. good owner. Yeah, but he's a damn good businessman. Cause yeah, everybody he gets so much free publicity from that damn spear. Because every time they have a concert or something, people talk uh, about it. Now NHL's thinking about doing their the NHL draft in there, which is going to be cool. And I think if they do the draft, the NFL will probably follow and do the draft in there. And well, the, the Super Bowls NBA. in
2: Vegas here. I got to think the NFL oh, will do something in there.
1: They will, yeah. The NFL now, NFL they want to do stuff. They want people to do stuff for free. So I guarantee the NFL will shell down some money. They, they could do a Super Bowl halftime show or something. There, like you said, but the NFL wants people to work for free, which is crazy. So. I don't know, but you're right. They may do you're something. You're using
2: our platform, not the other way around, right? We're the yeah. NFL. We're gonna have thirty billion people. That's
1: basically what they say. Watching that. this game, but I'm with you. That spirit. That thing is cool. I've heard that it's the spot in like the continental United States to watch a concert, like the top spot now,
2: yeah. to watch
1: a con- music concert.
2: It's it's 360, yeah. man. It's, uh, and I don't think I can do it.
1: I think it's, it's over it, – it, I'd be overstimulated.
2: Yeah. I think do, my If you're sensory, a per, per person, yeah. you might not be able to handle that. Yeah, it'd be a
1: sensory overload for me. I don't know if An I can do that. Acid trip. Man. Yeah. Well, I think that's what people want to do. <laughs> Somebody's out there just selling like – selling acid and stuff like that. People like to trip
2: yeah. doing stuff like that. What are you having off the record, my friend?
1: Um All right. Off the record here. Uh Actually, uh this is a – uh Taylor Swift related off the oh record because I've been obsessed with it. Uh, apparently there are multiple reports now um, that the, the word love is being potentially thrown around, that may be thrown around between the two, that they're in love. That's what all the reports say. Looks like saying. it to me. They said that they're yeah. actually in, yeah. I, I don't know if they're saying that word, but the, uh, their friends and social circles are saying they believe they're in love. Like, so they
2: believe. Because remember, according to Aaron Andrews, uh, Travis Kelsey smells like a dream. Smells like a dream. And, of course, uh, Taylor Swift has been looking. To, she's looking. To, remember, you had the, we had the Hollywood Insider saying she's looking to settle down. She's 33. Biological clock yeah, is man. ticking.
1: She's tired, of, she's tired of playing games. This might be the one. She's tired of playing games. Uh, what does that mean for her music? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure about that.
2: Uh, okay, yeah. so Tinder. I've never had a Tinder app. I haven't needed it. Uh, uh, Ty, you've been on the Tinder app,
0: correct? Uh, I try to stay off Tinder, but I've had it before,
2: Okay, well, yes. the latest feature for the Tinder app, here, here it is. Why, why are you staying off of it? Uh, allow, how about this? This seems very odd. Tinder's latest feature allows your friends and families to get involved. The, the no. date in app's new man, uh, matchmaker feature allows, no. uh, in 15 countries, including the United States, a 24-hour matchmaker session no. in which the link is shared with up to 15 friends or relatives who can also help you with mm-hmm. ideas of who might be a good match for you.
1: Don't they do that anyway? <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't they always, if you're single, done your your mom and your sister and everybody around well, you
2: no, Well, no, it'll send the, match, the things you like. Maybe you, I guess it goes out, everybody that you're kind of swiping right on or whatever. Okay. It'll go to 15 members that you've picked or up to 15 members, and then they can say, hey, no, 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 yes or no. Like, mm. That seems like a really bad idea to me. Yeah, I don't need, yeah, I did not need my,
1: my mom already, when I was single, she was already up in the business. She wanted to know.
2: She and, did, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Moms always want to know who you're dating, uh, what's going on well, with your love into your life. you're getting your
2: 30s. I can see that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was older. No, I didn't get married until I was 40. Come on. Mom was concerned that I was going to be a single man forever. For some reason,
2: moms really want you to get hitched. So you're domesticated. Ty, is that something, that, having been on the Tinder app, that you could see as a usable feature?
0: No. Tinder's a 3 a.m. kind of app. <laughs> uh, it's a booty call app still? It's the booty call app of dating apps, Yes.
2: It's like DoorDash. Wow! It's, it's,
0: it's the yeah. It's the one with all the hose As some oh, would say. This,
2: which one is the most wholesome? Is it Bumble? Last one that probably to, geez, bum, right? yeah, a...
0: probably Bumble or Hinge. Hinge is probably the most popular among my age group. Okay. That I've Have noticed. you ever
2: been bumbled? Have you ever been bumbled, Ty? I've been bumbled. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, I don't. These I, are I try to I try to stick to real life interactions
0: these days, though.
2: You've been bumbled. Hey, when we come back, uh, we'll, Rod will have a rant next hour. Also, we'll play a piece of Sark Sound and t- dive into it. Is there a chance? We're all assuming Malik Murphy starts the game on uh, Saturday, but is there a chance Arch Manning uh, starts or even sees the field pretty quickly? We'll get you details on that. Uh, not to stir the pot at all. Also, mm. uh, some, who's, uh, some who said that who next said hour. Oh, uh, It's going to be a fun one all the way to the finish line. It's a Tuesday. I hook them up with Ian Rodby on 1019 AM 1260. Streaming on our Horn app and always at hornfm.com.